Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I have got so, so, so much to do, so I'm going to make this intro short and sweet. This week's episode is a chat with Mr. Mike Gordon of New Legend Productions, New Legend Mike, you can check him out. Uh, Google New Legend Productions, you can find out everything you need to know about the stuff that Mike Gordon does. He is also part of our pals over at the ESO Network and my former uh, podcast that I co-hosted, Earth Station Who, which I recommend you check out if you are still into Doctor Who. Lots of stuff going on at Dragon Con. I have so much left to do. We have our last rehearsal for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show show this Saturday, uh, which will be tomorrow as you're listening to this episode. This weekend is kind of my last time to get stuff done for Dragon Con. Now I'm in a good place. All of my panels are accounted for. And you will hear all of my panels over the course of this episode, where Mike Gordon and I sit down and just shoot the shit about Dragon Con. We talk about Dragon Con's past, we talk about our history with Dragon Con, and we talk about what's going on this year. We each run down the panels that we're doing this year. Mike, of course, will be at the Tiki Zombie table in the America's Mart Building 2 all weekend long when he's not doing panels, and uh, I will be running my damn ass off all weekend. So we're going to get right down to business here. Uh, I want to go ahead and throw out there, go to needlessthingssite.com, click on the big old Amazon box, and buy a bunch of shit. Buy some of those chili towels, the, the ones that you can wet, and then they just stay cold for like eight hours or something. Buy some of those. Bring them to Dragon Con. Buy a water bottle. If you don't have a big water bottle, buy one. You need to be carrying water with you constantly at Dragon Con. Stay hydrated. Remember, kids, if you're not peeing once an hour, you're dehydrated. And that's no good. My lips are like a little chapped right now. My hands are super dry. But I've been drinking water like crazy today. So I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, my my picky finger is even like split open a little bit. It's It's horrifying. I, I hope I'm not falling apart. Once you turn 40, everything starts going bad. Uh, but yeah, go to needlessthingsite.com, click on the big old Amazon box, go to supportphantom.com. I just posted an in-depth what's happening with Dragon Con episode of the Needless Things patron cast, which is exclusive to my Patreon supporters at $5 or more, but you can also just pay a dollar a month and get access to all kinds of pictures and other stuff uh and going into dragon con i am going to do my darned best to keep the patreon page well updated 
But, you know, you have to maintain a social media presence elsewhere as well. I got to keep my Instagram going. I got to keep the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show Instagram going, which, by the way, is on Instagram. So go follow that exclusive content there that I do not repost as El Phantasmus or Phantom Troublemaker. You can only get it from the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show Instagram feed or from the uh, Facebook page, which you should be following that as well. And there is a Facebook event for this year's Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. So go check that out and join that Saturday at midnight. But you'll hear all about that in this wonderful episode of the Needless Things Podcast with one of my best pals, Mr. Mike Gordon. Check it out. talk about dragon con i love dragon con everybody loves dragon con actually one of the things we're going to do tonight i'm going to give it a little longer to populate but i put up a post in the needless things podcast facebook group uh, a big purple square that says tell me something you love about dragon con so at some point tonight uh we'll we'll check back in with that and see what some of the responses were from the Needless Things podcast Facebook group members. Which, uh, listeners, really, if you're not a member by now, what are you even doing with your life? Seriously. Uh, but before we do that, let's just talk about Dragon Con a little bit. What I don't want to start with this year. I want to talk about Dragon Con's past. And I don't know if we've ever really talked about it on this show. When when did you first start going? I've been going to Dragon Con since 1994. Oh, and by the uh, way, for the listeners, if you don't know that golden voice by now, uh, please welcome Mike Gordon to the show. Howdy! <laughs> Delayed introduction. Uh, you can Sorry. blame you can blame that on the world's worst rum. <laughs> I'm jealous. I have no rum. Cruise and rum. It's not actually for humans. <laughs> All right. So, how long have you been going now? I've been going to Dragon Con since 1994. I moved up here to Atlanta. I say up here because I moved from Orlando even though I'm originally from Massachusetts, but I spent a couple years in Orlando. And then I moved up here in 93, uh, just after, I think, Dragon Con had, had uh, done its thing in 93, because it used to be a summer event. Um, and uh, um, But I got wind of it. Um, I worked for uh, Ticketmaster, so we were aware because we were handling tickets for them. Oh, okay. And, um, and, uh, and that was a big deal. And uh, I, I went and uh, loved it, and I've been going consecutively ever since. 
Let me ask you this, because this popped up in, uh, I, I don't know if I was looking through old magazines. I don't remember where I saw it exactly. It might have been in an old Stargate I was flipping through. Do you remember when they would have uh, fantasy conventions in Atlanta at the Castlegate Hotel? No. I, I think that was before me. And maybe it was because I'm thinking that was before I got out of high school. But they would have this like – I think it was just called like Fantasy Con or something – and it was in a place called the Castlegate Hotel, and I know I went to one or two of them. Like, I remember my mom dropping me and my buddy off, uh, but I don't really remember anything about them. And I, I just, but it just, it, it came up in my feed or in, in a star log I was looking through or something, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, holy shit, I remember that happening. <laughs> oh no, I know what it was. I was doing research for an article that I ended up not writing. Uh, for things that used to happen at Dragon Con. I was going to do a post about stuff like the Dawn costume contest and oh, like, yeah. sort of def now defunct events. Uh, and, and I just couldn't find enough that were significant enough to really feel like they were, I was putting a post together. But I found this ancient-ass website that was just... This guy had built a website just to put up all of the pictures that he took at Dragon Con in like the early 2000s. Like the the latest update to the page I think was 2005 or 6. And but he had the prior 5 years of just group pictures and and uh the Dawn costume contest and that was one of the uh something he had up. Yeah, it might have been a picture of the program or something from that year. But it mentioned the Castlegate Hotel, and I was like, holy shit, that was the whole thing. So I've, that that's a new project for me, is I'm going to hunt down what the heck that convention was and when I went. Um, uh, a good person, and you know uh, um, Bobby Nash very well, and yes, I'm sure yes. he could help you out a lot because he, he knows the convention scene um, uh, better than anybody else I know. Well, and he's that's been, he's been here forever. Yep. Yep, that's right. You're right. So, he's and so ask. he's he's one of the few people I know that have been to more Dragon Cons than I have. Um, but then again, in my defense, I didn't. I wasn't in Atlanta until '93, so <laughs> I went to the first one I could possibly go to, and uh, I haven't missed one since. So I love it so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it a month before I ask Bobby for anything because he's done like five episodes lately, and I, I really feel like I've abused him. <laughs> it's, it's time to start abusing you, Mike. Oh, no. Here we go again. <laughs> um, it's time again for Mike's Monthly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love talking about Dragon Con. I mean, it really is my favorite show of the year. It's my favorite con, probably, period. I mean, I've been to a lot of other cons before, and I like them all in their own way. But Dragon Con, for me, is... It feels like it's. I'm so comfortable. It feels home. No matter how big it gets, I still feel like um, it, it's it's great and it has everything that I want. Um, and I can honestly say that every year that I've gone has been it's been better. It's been I've had a better experience. Even years where things sucked, like there was a couple things. One year there was a couple things that I that like I, my car got broken into. I ended up going to the ER. Not because of my car, but for some other reason that weekend. Right. And so, like, those things sucked. 
But if those things had happened on a regular day for me, they would have just destroyed me. But yeah. because I was at Dragon Con, I was like, you know what? Eh, my car's broken in two, but um, I, look, Jillian Anderson's right over there. <laughs> well, that'll make anybody's day better. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I just, you know, so many of my friends uh, are there, and it's just a, such a good time. There's such a good vibe at that show. And uh, I just, like I said, every year is better and better. And uh, this year looks, I'm looking forward to so much. Uh, speaking of uh, getting bigger and bigger and every year, every year I see people say, oh, there are too many people now. Oh, I, it's it's uh, not the same. And granted, I, I not the same as a fair statement. But I have never gone or I have yet to go and truly feel like, oh, this is too many people. Like, yeah, it gets crowded sometimes, and yeah, it is a lot of people, but I think, do you think maybe our familiarity with it at this point helps with that? Like, we go every year, we know the layout. Now, granted, it still takes me a few hours to get the, like, what level the habit trails are on and everything, but, like, we know our way around, we know where everything is, we know where the things that we're doing we know where to go, and if it's somebody that maybe only goes every other year or hasn't been in a couple of years or whatever the case may be, I can see maybe then that, oh, it's too many people mentality. Well, I will say this, too. I mean, there does come a point, I think, where everybody has to have that, you know, that moment where they're like, oh, this is too many people. I mean, I'm by and large, I'm not a person who loves crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, I'm pretty good at avoiding them, actually. Um, Dragon Con doesn't bother me because I guess, like you said, I kind of know where I need to be. Um, and there's a couple other things happening, too. Um, as it's gotten really crazy, like over the past five, six, seven years, where it's pretty much almost doubled in its uh, attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the years where I've been a guest and, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a guest. I think this is my sixth or seventh year as a guest. And, uh, I'm extremely honored by that. The, the fact that my favorite show, my favorite convention is the one where I get to be a guest at is just, uh, is just everything to me. Yes. And, um, so there's a couple things. So since I'm a guest, even though I, you know, I do have to go through the crowds and and do a lot of stuff, uh, like for when I go to panels and whatnot, and when I want to go grab a bite or something like that. But otherwise, I'm at my table in the comic and pop art area, and so I, I let the con come to me. You know, once I get to my table, I'm there, um, and so I don't really fight the crowds as much as a lot of people do. Um, plus, since I'm at a table. Since I'm trying to sell my books, I want as many people there as possible. So <laughs> more more people is a good thing. Um, one out uh, of every one out of every eighteen thousand people is guaranteed to buy a copy of Tiki Zombie. Then I want as many people as possible there. You know, uh, let's you know. I mean, that's yeah. Just keep doubling up that number, Dragon Con, because the percentages will work in my favor at some point. You know, that's um, a really good point too, because as uh, having the status of, of a professional or a guest, we're not starting from a standpoint of having to wait in line 
Uh, to, and boy, I, I just made this sound so shitty, didn't I? We don't have to wait in lines. We don't have to do any of the things that the peons do. But but purely from a perspective of how, how I'm looking at it, I'm not getting there and getting in a line immediately, like somebody who has to pick up a badge or whatever. Right. And I, that probably makes a big difference, too, because I, I'm coming at it from what are you people talking about? It's not really that bad. But if the first thing you do is go stand in a line, which although I will say this, I do immediately go stand in a line because the Hilton still has their archaic service where at the Hyatt, you check in and they say, hey, do you want a room for next year? And you say yes. And they say, okie dokie. And that's it. The Hilton, they still issue you this voucher that you then have to go get in another line to stand in for upwards of an hour. If you're lucky, right around an hour. Uh, to get your room for the next year. So I do immediately go into a line. So I don't even know what I'm talking about, Mike Gordon. Well, well at least those are the options. I stay at the Marriott. And the Marriott is like, Is oh, the Marriott wanna, still a crapshoot? I want to come back next year. They're like, yep, uh, good luck with that. Check back with us in October-ish. Yeah, yeah. See if oh, you can man. get through in October um, because it's room roulette. Um, it's It's crazy. I do really want to move to a legacy hotel how, uh, how so that, stressful that that's got to be horrible every year especially with you because you are <laughs> like i don't i don't have a table i don't you know i do however many panels i do but like if if i for whatever reason was not able to get a room at dragon con next year I wouldn't be at Dragon Con next year, and it wouldn't, like, it would suck. I would be miserable, but it wouldn't, like, impact my brand, whereas you have sort of a presence to maintain. Like, you have a table. You have, you know, you and Peter are there with the Tiki Zombie table. Like, it's a, it's, I would imagine, a, a pretty big uh, revenue and exposure time for you. I, I, I don't want this to get out too much. Uh, so I will say this really quickly, um, and we'll just move on from there. But uh, I, I would go to Dragon Con regardless of whether that was a guest or not. I was I, I, look, I look. I love Dragon. Well, no, no, no. I'm not talking for, about being a guest. I'm talking about j- getting a room. Well, I would still like. I would. I would go regardless. Of, I would get. I would still get a room even if I was not a guest. Now, no. Uh, no I'm I, saying if you were. If you were trying to get a room at the Marriott, oh right, and the website said, "Tough luck, fucko, you're out," and you cannot get and I like if I was in that situation and I could not get a room in the Marriott, the Hilton, or the Hyatt, I don't I don't know that I'd go because I'm so used to being embedded. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about being a guest. That's I would. Yes, I, I would. I'm with. We're not going I would, to repeat it. I would go it. no matter. I would go in any way that I could. You so like if drive I did, down there if, every day or whatever. If I've done it, I did it for years. Um, oh, so did I, I, but not anymore. Well, I will say that it's uh, yeah, it's not preferred now. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, we're soft. You know, I, I would. I would if I. But if I had to, I still would do the whole driving thing. Um, but I have become 
because for years I just went um, and we sort of commuted in. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I just stayed at my house and uh, and saved money that way. Now, right. because once I became because once you're I became, thinking, your thinking is, I'm not spending that much money to stay in the town that I basically live in. That's ridiculous. And for any other convention, that is so true. Right. But that's where Dragon Con is extremely different. Dragon Con is on 24 hours a day. Yes, and that and, is the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And so it wasn't until I became a guest and started staying down there that I realized just how much uh, – I mean, I knew, but um, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't experience it as much. And, um, it was, it, so yeah, now, now that I have a table and then I'm a guest, I will stay there because that just, it makes things so much easier. But even if I was attending, my, I would prefer to stay there too. So yes, I would love to be in a legacy situation because, uh, and move over to one of those hotels because I, I know when I leave, Dragon Con this year and any other year, I'm coming back next year. Right. No matter what. Right, whether I'm right. on the guest list, whether I'm not, you know, what, you know, I'd have to be, I'd have to be in a pretty bad way if I'm not at Dragon Con. There's really three of me when I'm at Dragon Con. There's still the fan who's excited about the celebrities, who's excited about uh, talking and meeting up with new fans, as well as reuniting with uh, even people from Atlanta that I don't see, I only see at Dragon Con. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's, the, you know, the fan experience. Uh, I don't do, I don't go to watch many panels anymore, but that idea of doing so is exciting. I wish I, you know, I talk to track directors all the time because we do the Dragon Con report, you know, on the on the podcast every month, and we talk to a lot of people who are behind the scenes, track directors, whatnot. They their programming is amazing. I would love to sit in on some of these panels um, and and attend them. I just, I, you know, but so I, there's that part of me that still likes doing a lot of that stuff. Not to mention all the the socializing, partying, uh, Trader Vic's, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's the other part of me that is the podcaster. So I'm there doing, you know, prepping and, and getting ready for interviews, doing panels, participating in that sort of thing. And then there's the third me, which is the, uh, you know, creator of Tiki Zombie, as well as uh, a publisher that, that has to be at the table, that wants to meet the fans and loves interacting with that. The fans and making new fans, introducing people to the work. And and it's it's a lot like to juggle, but man, I love it. I just love it. Yeah, that's the boat I've gotten into. Uh I I <laughs> I work so hard for dra I I would say and and the chances of anybody I work with uh professionally hearing this are, are very slim. I would say I work harder for my Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days at Dragon Con than I do all year at my day job. <laughs> I, I would, I, you know what? I follow that completely. <laughs> I, I, I do, man. It's just not, uh, yeah, I absolutely I, do. I put so much effort between just the panels that I do, uh, whether I'm just on them or running them, the game show, like, I, I bust my ass for this convention every year. Uh, and I'm actually this year have been kind of thinking about like, 
I, I love it. It's so rewarding to know that I put this much effort into something that I love doing. But at the same time, I haven't even looked at this year's guest list. Uh, I know I'm not going to go to any panels other than the ones that I'm on, with the exception of uh, Up Late with Bean and Bear Friday night that, that I absolutely will not miss unless I lose a body part, uh, hmm. and the Puppet Slam, which is the same exact scenario. Like The only way I'll miss the Puppet Slam is, is if I lose a foot or something. Uh, but other than that, like... I, this year is my most packed year so far. As a matter of fact, I, I would go so far as to say I've taken on too much, but I can't say no to any of the things that I'm doing because they're so – like I look at my schedule and everything that I'm doing is so special to me. Like I can't even imagine being like, ah, I really can't do this one. And – I, I, f- I feel pretty good about it too. Like it's spaced out well enough, but there's not going to be any time for me to wait an hour to see Eliza Dushku or something. Like I'll probably have a couple hours to run through the, the hall of famous people. But as far as going to see another panel, whether it's like a Buffy panel or just a fan panel, uh, it's probably not going to happen. And, and like, on the one hand, I would love to do that stuff, but on the other hand, I, I like I said, it's so fulfilling to to be doing this work that I, I'm good with it, and I still, you know, I still get my nighttime party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still, I think I still do enough that I enjoy, you know, the same kind of things that I did, you know, twenty some years ago when I first went. But the things that I remember twenty some years ago. When I went, you know, going to panels and thinking to myself, I want to be on a yeah, panel. Yeah. Like that was a goal. Uh, it was a it was a hard goal. I mean, it, it, I mean, in the sense that it was a definite goal. It wasn't it wasn't you know it was a little bit easier than I thought. But when I eventually got there, um, and now that I know, but behind the scenes stuff, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's I, let's talk about that real quick. How did you end up getting on panels? Like, what what was the process for you? Well, um, the first panel I ever did at a convention was actually at Sci-Fi SummerCon. So I started my panel life, my panel career, really slow. Um, um, Yeah, I think there were more of us on the panel than there were in the in the audience. Uh, So (laughs) I've 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 been to that one. But I will thank Chris for that opportunity because I had never been invited to be on a panel before. So that was pretty that was pretty special to me and. and my first so but yet still I wasn't um you know I did I wasn't involved heavily with uh groups or tracks at Dragon Con. So I didn't like volunteer for any of the tracks or anything like that. So I didn't really have that in to be on panels. And I really believed that if you were on a panel that you should at least have something to add. I feel very responsible about panels um, I, in the sense that you should have some something to add to the discussion and uh, you should um, make sure that the, the if it's not a – okay, there's two types of pa- fan, uh, panels, right? There's fan panels mm-hmm. and then there's like guest panels. 
there's panels where you're there. Like when people go to see Matt Smith on a panel, they don't want to hear anybody else. Right. Um, <clears throat> they just want to hear like, you know, Matt Smith talk about this, that, and the other thing and all that. So, um, even the questions and answer period, I mean, thing can be kind of tedious, but it's good that they have that, you know, that they have that outlet for people. Um, but so I'm not talking about celebrity panels per se, but fan panels, um, I feel like sometimes they could be, I I've seen, you know, I've been in the crowds where it's four people up there that barely are interested in what they're talking about and, or barely passionate about it. And, uh, you kind of are left with this, you know, this feeling like, Ooh, do they even watch the show? Like, do they really like, or they'll just rag on it, you know? And yeah, they yeah. won't encourage anybody to to discuss it with them. So I have, uh, uh, I believe the, the the first panel that I did, um, and I think I was uh, this was a smart move. Uh, the way that I went in was I had already had a few years of podcasting with Earth Station One under my belt, so I kind of looked at doing those doing panels as like doing a podcast, but with just an audience and an audience that we wanted to participate with us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we weren't up there, you know, as a, as podcasting team, Mike and I weren't up there to, well, I can't speak for Faber, but um, (laughs) we weren't up there to like, just say what we thought about things and not really about worry about anybody else. But we were there because we wanted to get, we wanted to ask the audience questions and get them involved. Yes. And, and we and those are those are a blast. Those are a blast. I think one of it, it, this, you know. Now I think about it, the first panel at Dragon Con I ever went on that I was ever part of might have been the American Sci-Fi Classics nineteen eighty-two panel. Really? Because really? that was the first Dragon Con panel I was on. I know. I, I just remember that you were on that panel as well. I don't. I don't think I knew it was your first. Maybe, but, but uh, yeah. So there was a lot of people on that panel. <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah. It was we, a big we one. Ex- we extended out the tape. I mean, it was it was huge. Uh, there was a lot of people on that panel. But uh, yes, um, because we had done. We had done an episode on Earth Station One about 1982, and I think it was either Mike or myself that had suggested that they do that. Uh, they do that at um, in, in that track. Oh, like really? A, I, I believe so, if I'm not mistaken, because I think we were kind of surprised that it was so many people other than ourselves. Well, you I, you could say that about a lot of panels. No, no, we could. And that's where we kind of learned, you know, like, oh, well, it's not just about us, you know, um, which is fine. Um, that was a that panel was a blast. That's still one of and and I say that was my first panel. I did two panels that year. Uh, I believe that's the first one I was on. And I cannot actually right now remember what the other one was. But I I. That was my foot in the door, was you guys getting me on, or I guess Faber, uh, getting me on those those panels 
that year in two, what was it 2012? Yeah, 2012 because the anniversary. It was their anniversary. Right? Um, and and that was where people first started to discover the magic of Phantom Troublemaker. Wow! So we're at a five year anniversary. For we are at a five year anniversary. That's right. <laughs> that's for, amazing. Yeah, that's wild. We love anniversaries, don't we? We sure do. Like, let's do an anniversary show about it. We um, should. We should do. There should have been a five years of Phantom Troublemaker panel at Dragon Con this year. Why wasn't there? What track would they, maybe that's why they couldn't? Because oh, because it they, wouldn't fall into the classics track. They would try. Yes, exactly. So, what track do you put that in? And that's um, that's where horror, it gets all the horror come. track. The horror track. <laughs> So that was well. That that's a perfect segue because that, that's I wanted to to get to your your history with panels, and it turns out that we we both. That's so crazy though that we started at the same time. I would have assumed. I'm trying to remember uh, if there was a panel before that that I did, but I I really don't remember. I, I mean, I and most of the paneling that I had done for the last five years or so have been because of the podcast. Uh, they've been, because I've been either, uh, and I think, um, the 1982 one, like I said, I know we had done a show about that on ESO and if it wasn't our idea to do the panel, to have the panel, it was certainly because we did the show. And I think Joe and Gary knew about it, that they, that they opted us in to it because we, we were, they were familiar with that. We knew the topic. Well, you know what's funny about that is, you know, we did the 1987 episode of the Needless Things podcast, and yes. I, that's why I'm doing the 1987 panel this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it comes around. It does. It totally Well, and I around. think, I do think that I don't remember them doing a 1981 panel in, uh, in 2011. Right. So I think that was the first time they did an anniversary panel like that. Well, I think, and I think they've done... The- I, I think they've done one ever since. I think that was the first year Joe and Gary were running it. I think you're right. I think you're right because yeah, I don't I don't remember I don't remember that panel room with anybody else running it. So either I didn't go into that panel room that often uh or I just didn't realize it. Um but uh yeah, so and I think we had known Gary and and Joe through something else or maybe through the podcast prior to that. So that's how we kind of got in that way. Yeah, I think because um, they, you know, they had uh, Joe had uh, revolutions. That, you know, he had his website right, right prior to that. So that's probably where that connection came in. I think it was. I think it was. Um, the other thing that I'm I'm really proud of. There was sometimes uh, when I first get my panel schedule, it's a juggling act with me because I don't want to be on a ton of panels because I like being at my table. Yeah. Most- yeah. But yet I like doing panels too. And so, um, but sometimes I'm, I'm <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to take a drink here. Please do. I'm going to take my a voice- drink as well. <laughs> yeah. I wish my-, my drink was full of bad rum. My-, my drink is not going to help my voice. Ah, uh, horrible. The only way cruise and rum is palatable at all is if you mix it with these uh flavored water beverages called ice. Wow. Uh because for some reason they completely cover up the taste of alcohol. 
Uh, I, I don't know how or why, but like if you mix it with Diet Coke, all you taste is the horrible shitty cruising rum. But if you wow. mix it with, uh, with these ice things, uh, you don't even know it's there. It's wonderful. So there's, there's my plug for the evening. That's a plug. Seek sponsorship. That's right. Oh man. I at, at every me, turn. I've been trying for years. <laughs> You're not the only one. It's, it's never gone well. <laughs> ask, um, ask me about the, uh, all the underoos I got sent. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, so another panel that uh, the panel experience. So yeah, um, so when I get my panel schedule, sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, I'm not really sure this panel is for me, and 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 I don't want to. I don't want to waste the the panel's time, the crowd's time, or any sure. you know, the audience or whatever. Like if I don't know something, if I don't feel like I can add to a discussion. I don't I don't want to do it because I I've been on the other side of that table in the audience where I've been like, why is that guy there? Let me like, let know? me tell you this. This is this is uh, perpendicular to what you're saying right now. Uh, one of the very first fan panels that I ever attended because I, I was years ago when I started going to Dragon Con regularly again, which was I think 2006. Seven was when I start. Like I've gone every year since 2007. I know that me and Mrs. Troublemaker went in 2004, uh, which was the year that we met and started dating, and was also the year. I don't know that. I don't know if I've told this particular story publicly. Uh, she worked in a comic shop for 15 some odd years. And as a result, had worked Dragon Con for 15 some odd years. So she was over it. You know, she had been a vendor there forever. So she would go, you know, open up in the morning, sit in the dealer room for hours and hours and hours, and then go party at night. And was just kind of over it. But in 2004, uh, we went down there. (laughs) But we met over at her parents' house. She was over there with uh, our our mutual friend, Jeff Ostopheles. And I said, okay, well, let me run upstairs and change real quick, and then we can go. So I went upstairs, and I had packed every bit of, like, dork paraphernalia that I owned into my backpack. So I came downstairs wearing, uh, like, a Batman T-shirt an do you remember the all over print button up shirts of like X Men and Batman and like yes. Hot Topic Hot Topic had them, and they were these they were kind of like Hawaiian shirts, but they were the graphic was nerd stuff. Yep. So I had on a Batman T shirt, an X Men button up shirt over that, a Spawn hat, and. Like a couple of other accoutrements with, with various nerd things on them. And I walked downstairs. I'm like, all right, let's go. And to her credit, she only looked horrified for like a couple of seconds before she realized that it was a joke. But I I will always treasure that look on her face uh, of, (laughs) of just pure, well, this is over. 
<laughs> but we uh, we went down there. We had a great time. I met Bill Mosley and uh, Sid Haig for the first time that year. Uh, it was when the celebrities were still in the dealer room, I want to say. Okay. Like in the basement of the Marriott. I think they were uh, all down yep. there together. Yep, that's where the Walk of Fame was. Yes. And uh just had you know we I we didn't stay the night or anything. We just went down there. We had a good time. And then the next year is when we got married and I don't think I went. And then in 2007, I know I was down there because that was the year that she was pregnant with Phantom Jr. And uh, that was the year I went down. Oh, no, wait. 2006 is the year I went. So, actually, I've been every year since 2006 for sure. Because 2006 is the year that Gail Kim was down there. And I met her, and she was super nice. And then when we went back in 2007, she was there again. And uh, we had Phantom Jr. with us, and we got the pictures of Phantom Jr. and Gail Kim. Oh, nice. And uh, so that, and I think that was also the year. No, 2009 was the year that I had my kidney stone. Ugh, dude. Uh, I, I yeah. No. You know, you know, you've had your own. I have not. Horror. I have. Well, I've not. I've never had a kidney stone. Well, no, but you've. I mean, you you have had to leave Dragon Con due to medical circumstances. I have. Yes, and yes, it I is have. it is the shits. <laughs> yes, I. There's nothing, yeah, well, I don't say there's nothing worse then, but it's pretty bad when you're sitting in the ER waiting for the doctor and you know everybody's having this massively cool party just down the road. Well, this was, it was 2009, so it would have been, I guess, the second year that, you know, or was it 2008? It was the first or second year that I, that I had the current Phantom Troublemaker mask with the open jaw so I can drink. And uh, Mrs. Troublemaker was down there for one night. It was the second year I had gotten a room. And she had come down just for Saturday night. And we were hanging out in the Marriott. We were partying. We were having fun. And I had a, a new suit that I'd gotten and these new, like, pimp shoes that I was wearing. And, uh... They, my back started hurting, which I, having had no experience with kidney stones, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew my back hurt, and I figured it was these shoes I was wearing because they were cheap. Like, they're purple alligator skin shoes that I paid like 30 bucks for, so they're cheap piece of shit shoes. All right. So we hang out, we drink for a while, and I'm like, oh, my back's really killing me. Let's go back to the room. We went back to the room, and uh, after an hour or so, my back is just... Like I'm, I'm crying in pain and I don't know what's wrong. I don't understand how I can be in so much pain. I get in the bathtub. I run hot water. I run cold water. I don't know what's going on. And both of us are super inebriated because it's midnight at Dragon Con on Saturday. (laughs) Of course they are. Right. And, but unfortunately being super drunk is not helping with this pain. And, uh, Mrs. Troublemaker went to uh, a certain amount of time of nursing school, but in her inebriated state, none of that training is coming back to her. But eventually, after like an hour of me laying in the bathtub just crying and screaming, she's like, oh, 
oh, this is probably a kidney stone. And I was like, what do you mean a kidney stone? Because I didn't know anything about them. I, I thought it was something old people got. I don't even know if I thought that. I, I just I knew nothing about it except for the phrase kidney stone. So she, we go downstairs and they say, well, you know, you can call an ambulance and pay this much or you can call a cab and they'll take you over to uh, – it wasn't Grady. It was – is there just like Atlanta Medical Center or something? I can't think what the other hospital is down there. East, uh, I went. No. I went to Piedmont. Maybe it was Piedmont, but anyway, we went to some hospital and uh, eventually got in. They did the X-ray, whatever. They said, "Yes, you have kidney. You have a kidney stone. It's like the tiniest little thing in the world, but it's going to cause you horrible, agonizing pain for the next three to four days." And the nurse told me, "I have had kidney stones, and I have gone through natural childbirth." And I would rather go through natural childbirth again than have another kidney stone. I was like, oh, great. Thanks for that. So they prescribed me some weak painkiller that barely did anything. We went back to the hotel room. Uh, by the t- I think it was like 6.30 in the morning by the time we got out of the ER. Uh, so we slept for a couple hours and went home. That's a horrible thing. It, it, dude, it's one of the, well, it's horrible, but at the same time, like it, and I've had two or three more kidney stones since then, but like as horrible as it was, you know, I had Mrs. Troublemaker with me. She took good care of me. I was able to go back down there. And also at the time, I wasn't doing panels or anything. So it's not like I had any responsibilities. I was just down there to party. Like if that happened now, I would be mortified because I would end up missing like panels and, and, and the things that I'm obligated to do. Like it would be so much worse now. Right. Back then, I just missed out on partying and, and probably being hungover on Sunday anyway. So... uh you know, it, it wasn't as horrible as it could have been, but it was fucking horrible. I, uh, oh man, I can't imagine it. Cause I, I at least got to come back. Well, I like, remember <laughs> you, I remember you coming back and, and I'll, I'll tell you this now. I mean, well, I'm sure I, I expressed condolences or whatever at the time. I was horribly upset. One at the idea that you were ill in any way, but two at the idea that you had missed any of Dragon Con. Like, like to, in my mind, those things were equal. You being like, uh, physically, uh, immobilized or, or pained in any way, but also missing Dragon Con, like in my head were equals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in my mind too. As a matter of fact, I remember being more annoyed than concerned. Uh, (laughs) I I, I was not as good. I I just thought it was a damn nuisance. Um, It was, um, and yeah, it it doesn't matter. It's it's not like a a sensitive thing, but um, I uh, have a condition where I'm I'm prone to uh, get blood clots. Mm. And I've had them before. And, uh, and usually I, I find them if, if they're, if they're causing me pain, I usually address them pretty quickly and we can, uh, and we can move on from there. Like it's not a, 
it's a it's a health concern, but it's not as I mean, you say blood clots and DVTs to people and they freak out and rightly so. They are a dangerous thing. So I would definitely, you know, strongly encourage people that if they uh, do feel like they might have a blood clot to go immediately to the ER and seek medical attention, because I I know cases where it it doesn't end well. And uh, but the fact that I'm I'm I've got this condition and I've I've managed it so that um, I I know you know what the what what to do, and um, I haven't been in any real like danger danger like for years. So, um, and in fact, um, so it was the night it was yeah it was one night where uh, I think me and my friends were out. We were at we went to Trader Sam's had quite a few et cetera et cetera. And I'm just I'm sitting there listening to some people talk, and this is at two thirty in the morning or so, and I and I kind of feel a pain in my leg, like I've it's all too familiar. Right, and right. Like, and I was like, oh no, and I'm like, well, maybe it's not really what I think it is. But then I went to bed, woke up in my hotel room, and I still felt it, and I was like, damn it. And and look, as much as I manage them or manage the situation, I know that if I if it, if it's painful. I need to go get it checked out. I right. need to go somewhere. So, so I was like, I have to go. So I, I left the con, and uh, and all the time I'm sitting there in the ER and with the doctor and everything like that. And I'm like, damn it! I'm just like, damn it! I'm like, I I know I know I have to be here, but damn. Um, yeah. And uh, and that was the same weekend that my car got broken into and stuff was stolen out of that too. Oh so, shit. Shit, I so, don't know if I knew that was the same weekend. Yeah, it was the same weekend. So it was not um, – those two events were horrible. And and so I, I – but I'm but like, like I said, I was I had a balance because I was still at Dragon Con. I was still hanging out with my friends. I was still like selling, you know, Tiki Zombie books. I was still interacting with people. It was really a, a great weekend. But I do remember I had – I had uh, – Really thought about seeing uh, Gillian Gillian Anderson because she's one of my favorite actresses, and uh, and I'm not gonna lie, I have a crush on her as well. well and, dude, uh, I think honestly, <laughs> I think any fanboy, like any any of us genre fans, yeah. at the very least have at one point, but probably will for all eternity. I still do, man. I saw. I've just recently watched American Gods, and she's amazing in it. Um, uh, I just, I just think the world of her. So, um, but because, like I said, because I of my responsibilities and whatnot, um, I didn't think I was gonna uh, get a chance to meet her that weekend. She was, uh, she was announced to be at DragonCon as a guest. And I was like, I don't really think I can afford it because she's one. Of, she's one of the A-listers in the upper echelon of you know cost when it comes to that stuff. And uh, I don't think I have time and all this kind of stuff. So, but I'm sitting there in the ER, and the uh, the the doctor has basically cleared me. He's like, you're you're fine. You you know we've we've taken care of it, and uh, you can go back. Uh, you can you'll be released in a little while. We'll just have the nurse bring in paperwork and everything. So I'm sitting there. What feels like a half an hour waiting for paperwork, and uh, and I'm just I'm just sitting there going, you know what? As soon as I get back, I'm going straight to Jillian Anderson. <laughs> so I made the decision right there and then that I was gonna I was gonna meet Jillian Anderson. I didn't care how much it cost. I didn't care whatever. And uh, I it's odd thing is I got to the con. 
I went to the Walk of Fame area and uh, she was not there. And so I was like, well, damn. Um, so, um, I checked in with the people, her handlers and they were like, oh, she just stepped away. She should be back in about 10 minutes or so. And there was only like two or three other people in line. And so I was like, I'm just staying here. And so I stayed there, uh, met Jillian Anderson, had a good conversation about, about a show that she worked on called the fall, which I loved a lot and, uh, got the picture and everything. And you know what? I didn't even care that I was in the ER after that. Like, <laughs> like Isn't- isn't it funny how your priorities change in that way? Because I, the year, and I don't rem- you can probably tell me what year this was, the year that Shatner and Nimoy were there together. Oh, I, oh, that I loved. And they did that panel. Uh, I, I got up very early for me. In order to get down there, because this is before I was going down, because that panel was Friday morning. It was. I remember that. I was there. And that was before I was going down on Thursday night. It was, it was when I was still thinking, Thursday night, who goes and stays on Thursday night? That's just too much Dragon Con. <laughs> uh, which granted at this point, I, you know, I go down on Thursday night. Uh, but. <laughs> As much as I know a lot of people that go down on Wednesday night now, I, I don't think I can do Wednesday. Uh, but, and, and anybody that listens to the, the Needless Things patron cast, I, I've already said this, but I'll, I'll say it again now for, for everyone else and for you, Mike Gordon. Uh, when I wake up Monday morning at Dragon Con, I wake up and I think, well, that's enough of this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had enough when I wake up on Monday morning. I, I can't give anymore, and I'm ready to go. I don't do anything on Mondays. I get up, I check out, I pack the car, I leave, and I'm afraid if I went down on Wednesday, I would wake up like that on Sunday, and that's not okay. I don't want to feel that way on Sunday. But the year uh, that Shatner and Nimoy were there, I got up early and drove down there very early Friday morning so I could get in line for that panel. Uh, I got in line for the panel, was super excited. Uh, I, I, I texted a couple of my buddies and was like, hey, I'm in line. Come find me. Okay, we're coming to find you. I thought the room was full. I was like, no, I'm in line. Uh, come, come now. Get in line with me because uh, two people aren't going to be a huge deal, which... I still don't know where I fall on that kind of thing. Like if somebody cool is in front of me in line at Dragon Con and a couple of their buddies show up and they're like, man, is it okay if they hop in here? Like for me personally, it's okay. But then you got to think, well, what about the 10 people behind me? It's, I feel like that's tricky moral ground. Sure. I get that. But, uh, but anyway, so I'm in line. I'm like, I'm going to get into this panel. Fucking awesome. So we get in, we file in, I walk by like seven people dressed as the Bruces from Monty Python, and they're <laughs> all in character, they're all drinking beer. Uh, it's great. So I go and I sit down next to them, and I'm like, man, this room is huge, we're really far back, but I'm going to be in the same room with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and see whatever this panel is going to be. And like an announcement came on that said, 
Welcome to the overflow room for the William Shatner Leonard Nimoy <laughs> panel. <laughs> uh, the, the actual panel room was indeed full. But the thing is, I, at least, you know, this is before the days of Dragon Con TV. So yep. if you weren't in the overflow room or the panel room, you were not going to see this panel. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to sit here and watch it. And it's still to this day the best panel I've ever seen. They're, you know, I don't know where their personal relationship was at that point, but their working relationship, their chemistry was off the charts. Uh, they were just hilarious and charming and doing bits off of each other. Did, didn't feel scripted at all. It, it was just incredible. And at some point over that weekend, I went to, they were in the Hilton in the, you know how they used to put the big name celebrities in the coat check spots. Yep. And they were in the coat check spots and I went and I looked at the line and I looked at the prices for their autographs and I said, man, I don't want to spend that much time or money. I, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I didn't do it and I've regretted it ever since. And this year I'm buying one of those photo, whatever it is they're selling online. I'm, I'm buying one of those for Shatner because I'm not missing Shatner while he's still with us. I, uh, and I, I, you know what? I, I, I totally get that. And, um, that's why for my cousin and myself, and I should mention that my cousin, Bill, who, you know, Bill is uh, a delight. Bill was my date for a puppet slam a couple of years ago and was, wonderful. that's, that's right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting evening. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you were a gentleman. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I, no, I've been, and Bill went with me. He was there with my, uh, my first Dragon Con experience. And, uh, he's been to most of the others. I think he had to miss maybe two or three tops. But, um, uh, but that one was one that he definitely wasn't going to miss. Uh, we, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember us sleeping the night before. I remember, I think we, I don't know if we waited all night or if we just got there really early. Um, we probably just got there really early, but we did get we did manage to get into the actual room where or Shatner and uh, Nimoy did their panel, and right after it left, we beelined over to where they were signing. I think we were we were like one of the first twenty five. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. We had to wait a while. We had to wait about an hour or so. But you know what? For when you have good company with you, waiting in line is nothing. You're right about that, and I. To my detriment, a lot of the time I am a loner, and uh, just I don't I, for whatever reason. And, and, and you're right; it is it is more onerous sitting in line just by yourself. Yeah, it is. Um, although for the longest time, and I don't know if this was really their philosophy or they just said this to be uh, a smartass, but uh, a lot of times when people complained about the long lines at Dragon Con quote unquote, um, back in the day, uh, Dragon Con would say that it seemed like their official line was, well, we encourage people to 
uh, get to know one another. So yeah, uh, that's one, that's part of the experience of Dragon Con. So we encourage people to to the, to be in line and talk to your neighbors, and that's how you make friends and and that kind of thing. And whereas that might have worked on some level, I, I think it was really kind of just BS. Well, but, um, I I I mean, I like that idea. I, a matter of fact, I love that idea that you're going to meet because that is part of the magic of Dragon Con is you are going to meet new people. And sometimes they're going to be really cool and, and possibly friends for life. But a lot of the time, uh, you're, you're not necessarily meeting people that you're going to want to know for the rest of your life. Right. And you might have an interesting discussion in there. But really, to be honest, um, the, the years that Bill and I went where we didn't stay down there and we didn't really participate in a lot of the social activities, we just went down there, hung out, did the panels, uh, did did celebrity signings, did a lot of fan stuff, did shopping in the in the various areas, and then went home. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't meet a lot of people. Um, I mean, we're we're both pretty introverted anyway. Yeah. So um, that's not a skill set that comes natural to us. Sure. And we and we had like for you know as corny as it sounds we had each other so we would just talk amongst ourselves yeah. for an entire weekend and you know everybody else be damned but um uh but no we, we so we we waited in line uh, I don't know it was maybe an hour or so and then Shatner and Nimoy showed up um and we got our and now it was an assembly line so we didn't get a moment to to talk to them or to really interact that much with them it was basically like thanks and you know, the, a little bit, little more was said than that. I do think I did manage to make eye contact with both of them. So, I, yay me! There you um, go. But I will say that after, after the experience, after we went through the line and they signed uh, our pictures, and I had brought my own photo because I, I had a photo that I I wanted them to sign a, a picture that I had 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 planned out, which I strongly encourage anybody who does like to get things signed. Um, don't, don't always just, don't depend on what they've got. Like, no, definitely don't. It took me a while to just all of a sudden realize, you know, they had some really shitty pictures and I would have rather had this picture. I would have rather had a picture of them in this role because I like this role the best. So almost, almost all the time now, when I go get something signed, I always bring something of my own. Just because I, I don't know what they're going to have there. And yeah, if if I don't, and at bring, those prices, I want to get what I want signed. Uh, seriously, if I don't bring an action figure, which is usually what I try and bring, obviously depending on pun whether or not the person has an action figure, right? Uh, you know, how hard is it to print up your own glossy eight by ten? I've done it before. Uh, yeah, the in, in this day and age, there is no reason you can't bring in. Whatever picture you want, within reason. Uh, I've uh, I've had experiences where there was a and one actress in particular that uh, I couldn't find any pictures of her online to like buy or whatever in the role that I wanted that I knew her for. She was in an episode of Battlestar Galactica and uh, the classic series, and uh, and I just um, couldn't find anything. So I just. You know, pulled it up on my computer, that put the DVD in, and you know, did a little screen grab and printed it out. And when I brought it to her, she was so excited because she had never seen a photo of this 
of this character before, and uh, I had actually printed up five more in case you know anything happened to sure, him. Sure, so sure. I just gave her the other ones that I had because I was like, well, maybe you could use these then uh, to have them on your table. Because uh, I mean, I got my sign. So, so yeah, they that that makes it a lot more personal. And in a in a in an in an instance or in a scenario where they are trying to get through as many people as possible, anything that you can do to make them stop and go, oh, that's cool. Like yeah. that 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 makes it a little bit more personal. But I didn't get any personal with um, with neither Shatner or Nimoy. But despite the fact that I didn't get very personal with them, after that was done, uh, both Bill and I were in, it was so giddy, so giddy, just because you know they had meant so much to us and being in the same like making eye contact with them and being in the same area with them was, I mean, I, you know, look, I know I get, you know, celebrityness and all that kind of stuff is what it is, but, um, it's, it's more than a celebrity. I mean, those two gentlemen, as more, as far as a bunch of other people, along with a bunch of other people are responsible for one of my favorite shows ever that shaped me in ways that, uh, I still don't even understand, but, um, so that meant a lot to me. So, I mean, they were, it was really cool. And I'm thank Dragon Con for making that happen. Yeah. So two, two tips to come out of that conversation for the listeners. One, uh, print up your own stuff to bring. And, and you know what? If you get down there and they're like, no, we're not, you know, you, you still got to buy a thing to get them to sign something. I buy some other thing and still have them sign your thing. I've done that before. Yes. And, and yeah, because, and a lot of times the glossies, they'll just toss in. I mean, right, that's right. nothing for them now. It used to be back in the day that it was it was a certain price if you brought your own thing. It was a certain price for a black and white photo, and it was a certain price for a color photo. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it was really crazy. Yeah, I th- the you know back in the day when they had to like go somewhere to order their big stack of prints as opposed to just having their assistant print them up at home or whatever. Right. Uh, and then the, the other thing I would recommend is, you know, if, there, if there's somebody that you know is a big influence on you or, or is, uh, important to you in, in your pop culture life, you know, make, make the time and, and meet them and, and get the signature or do whatever it is you want to do if you're into that kind of thing. Because, you know, you never know when, when you're going to lose the opportunity to ever see them again. You know, I, I, Leonard Nimoy is, is one of my heroes and I, I never, uh, got the opportunity to, to meet the guy and I could have, and I didn't. I would also say that even if you're not one of those persons who can afford to get an autograph or a photo, um, at least in the walk of fame area, um, if, if as long as you're willing to wait in line, and even if you just want to, you know, wait in line and, 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 and act like you are, you know, go through the motions, don't cut in line or anything like that. But if you go in line like everybody else, even if, you know, you get to the table and they're like, OK, what do you want? Uh, you know, as far as what how many, you know, what autograph or whatever, if you're just there, I just want to say thank you. Um, they will they're, they're not going to turn you away. Yeah, so yeah. You will you will have your moment with them. Um and uh, I would say take it because, you know, that's it. This stuff is important. And they love hearing that. I mean, it's it's a connection that uh, I mean, I don't mean they love hearing it because they love the adoration, although some do. <laughs> but they but they honestly really appreciate that. I think. Well, I think they recognize the time you spent. And this actually goes back to a point I was going to make earlier about being on panels. Uh, you know, there is nothing more valuable 
than somebody's time. Oh, especially at Dragon Con. The, you know, not, not money, not gifts, nothing is more valuable than people's time. And, you know, when I'm on a panel, I'm very cognizant of that. I don't want to go up there and just run my mouth about things I don't know. Uh, I don't want to go up there and look like some schlub in flip-flops and shorts. Uh, I want to look like I deserve these people's time. And when they're, when the panel is over, I want them to feel like it was time well spent. And I think the, the guests, the celebrities at the same token, even if you're not buying their stuff, I think the fact that you spent the time to stand in that line just to say hi to them, I think probably 80% of them are, are going to be happy with that and acknowledge that. Yeah, I have run across ones where uh, I've gone to say hi to them or thank them or whatever, and they are pretty aggressive about wanting to, me to buy something. But those are not the norm. Oh, and dude, usually I've, those, I've, are, those are the ones that are usually the ones that like kind of need it more than others. So. I've, I, dude, I've gone to – I've met people, and you, you've heard one of my stories, and I'm not going to bring it up again because I'm done with beating that dead horse, but – you know, I've bought stuff from people and they've felt annoyed that I was there. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you never know. And, and uh, don't, and that's another little piece of advice. Don't take it too hard if you do somebody you like and they're not the glowing personality that you were hoping they'd be because everybody has bad days. And granted, you know, these people are at conventions. They're, they're essentially on the clock, and they should be putting their best foot forward for their fans. But everybody has bad days. You don't know how the person in front of you treated them. Uh, you know, get, don't just don't take it too hard if it's not the the magical experience you were hoping for. Because I've I've had a couple that that didn't quite live up to my expectations. Uh, and it's taken me a little while to kind of get over it and be able to enjoy their work again. But eventually you kind of realize like, well, you know, maybe they're a shit bag, but I still like their writing. <laughs> the, uh, don't talk about Bobby Nash that way. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, um, the very first celebrity I met at Dragon Con in 1994 oh, wow. was a, horrible experience oh no your yes. first one yeah you don't my have first to name one. names but i will name names oh wow yeah i will name names here because it's a funny story and uh and it get and it has a a, a happy ending so okay, okay um so uh we get to dragon con bill and i are excited um we're in the uh hilton i believe yes i believe it was the hilton and so we go down the escalator to where the um, uh, wall, uh, the, the Walk of Fame is, and, and all that. Although it's, I don't think it's really called the Walk of Fame at this point. At this point, it's just vendors and people and celebrities all mixed together in some in some room, right? So we get down the escalator, and as soon as we go through the doors, the first celebrity that we see. We're very excited by it because we're both huge Star Wars fans. The very first celebrity that we see is David Prowse. Okay. Now, this is pretty early, and I think there a lot of them are just still setting up. And I think David might have still been just setting up. Uh, or I don't think everybody was all together. But so we were so excited. And so we were fanboying, and we're like, oh, hey, we're trying to, you know, hey, how's it going? And we're trying to uh, pick our, our pictures and our photos and everything. And this is 1994. 
And, and, and Bill goes, I can't remember exactly what was about to happen. Was it the special editions or the new movies or something? They had made some announcement about, I think the new movies, the prequels or something. And, and Bill asked, uh, David four. Yeah, this was, when was it? Like what was happening? here? The only thing that happened in 94, um, the next year, Kenner brought that started making new toys. Ninety four well, might have been. When did Heir to the Empire come out? That was ninety one, wasn't it? I think so. I don't. I don't know. I get my years mixed. I mean, I get all that because the the special editions came out in ninety seven, or started coming out in ninety seven. <laughs> the um, it might have been the special editions then. They were retweaking them or something. They were filming new. I don't know something like that. But okay. all I remember is that Bill asked him if he was going to be part of the new Star Wars movies, and and man, that started David on a rant that. You ever seen that Simpsons episode where uh, Bart and and Lisa are at a signing, and I, I can't remember if it's uh, who they're 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 at a convention and they're getting something signed, and the guy starts going off, and 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 Homer just takes the kids, he's like, avoid eye contact, kids, and they're all backing away. That's what was kind of the experience. It was like, oh my god, we just <laughs> we just we just hit a nerve that we didn't even know was a thing. You know, how dare we ask about Star Wars, right? But we didn't we didn't know his history with Star Wars. We didn't know that he'd been, you know, I mean, we kind of knew that that he got, you know, voiced over without right, him, right. knowing about it. And I guess in the years since then, like they just hadn't had a good relationship and he hadn't really done anything Star Wars related. In fact, he made it a point. Uh, and I, he still may do this. He made it a point when he signed our stuff that said David Prowse is Darth Vader. Like, as if to say, like, you know, screw anybody else. Right, um, right. So, um, so, but that was, yeah, so that was alarming to us. And then we, that put us on our guard for years after that meeting celebrities as far as, like, asking stuff or talking about stuff. Because we were afraid to, like, you know, um, strike another nerve. But I will say... A few years after that, we went to a panel that he was on, um, and we didn't go on to it. We didn't go to the panel because he was on it because we were like, "Oh, that's grumpy guy." Yeah, um, yeah. But he happened to be on it, and in and in the panel, he talked about um, how when he worked on uh, Superman because he did I think stunts for Superman, and when he worked on Star Wars, he had um, developed this uh, condition with his feet, and that caused him a lot of pain. And it wasn't until he came to he was doing Dragon Con that he came to an Atlanta surgeon who helped him fix his his issues with his legs. But prior to that, he had been in a lot of pain and he was very like like he had a pretty bad disposition a lot of times, he admitted. And after that, um, you know, he seemed like during the panel, he seemed like a completely different guy to us. And my understanding is, is that when people meet him now at conventions and certainly after that, uh, that surgery or whatever he was he was like a completely great uh, he was a great person to be around so i don't know what happens if you mention star wars around him but <laughs> so so i you know i mean him no harm and it was just one of those things that was like whoa but yeah, uh, yeah. but and so it wasn't like uh you know he wasn't he wasn't a, a complete dick but obviously he was upset about that and uh and bill just stepped on that landmine without even knowing it was there so 
Um, but it's always just kind of fun to look back on that and go, wow, that was our first experience. Cause we were like, Oh my God, this is wow. <laughs> I, um, I've got one more, uh, celebrity type story like that. And then we'll, we'll run down the, the comments and then get into our schedules and wrap this thing up. I, I wouldn't say that I have a man crush on Doc Hammer one of the creators of the Venture Brothers. Sure. But I do think he is one of the coolest people walking the earth. And I have met him several times in, in, in a fan-type situation. Uh, the first time was the first year that I actually met our pal Jay, uh, the belligerent monkey. They had a Venture Brothers signing after the panel that they did. And I went to the signing, and Doc Hammer and Jackson Public were both very nice. I got my picture with them, and this was prior to when I was wearing the mask full-time. So this picture is just my big face. Uh, so I, I haven't ever put it up anywhere. Uh, but they were both very nice. And then I met uh, both of them again behind the Marriott. They were just walking out, and I, like a big dorky fanboy like I am ran up and and did sort of the you know hey I, you guys are awesome if if you ever need somebody to voice a luchador on your show I'm your guy because at this point I was wearing the mask uh, 24/7 well <laughs> maybe 12 7 uh, <laughs> but uh and, and they're like oh that's really cool man and then, once again they were nice they're very they very clearly had somewhere to go but they were very very nice uh Another time I met, uh, or I ran into just Doc Hammer on an escalator in the Marriott. And we were both getting on the escalator. And I was like, oh man, I would love to get a picture with you if you've got a minute. And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's get off the escalator, but that's cool. And got a picture with him. And he, he actually was like, hey, what you, I, do I know you? And I was like, oh, I'm a mask guy that assaults you every year. Uh, but I just want to tell you, uh, your, your panels are fantastic. I absolutely loved last year's, uh, let's all smoking because they did, they did this panel. This is prior to vapor cigarettes really being a big thing. And Doc Hammer, Jackson Public, and, uh, oh gosh, his name just fell out of my head. The guy that voices Dr. Venture. I cannot believe I've just forgotten his name. But anyway, the three of them did a panel where they had these vapor cigarettes and were just blowing this vape, huge clouds of vapor. It was, it was funny, but it was a great panel because uh, he ran out into the audience, which is uh, part of where I got my love of running out into the audience to talk to people. Uh, and I told him, I was like, I, I do the run out of the audience thing. I just, I love your panels. And he's like, oh, dude, you are going to love this year's panel then. We're doing this thing. And he starts just talking to me about the panel that they're going to do. Uh, just had a little conversation with the guy. Super nice. So had all these positive experiences. And, and I, again, think he is just one of the coolest people ever. Well, either last year or the year before, uh, me and our pal Red Ranger were going up to my room in the Hilton to get something to do. So who knows? And we're waiting for the elevator. The elevator door opens and Doc Hammer is on the elevator hmm. and he stops. He looks at us and says, are you guys going up? And I was like, yeah, we're going up. And he goes, Ugh, 
and walks off the elevator. (laughs) 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 And uh, we got on and went up to the room, and that that was – that just cracks me up to to think because I'm sure at that point, you know, he doesn't – there's no telling what's going on in his life, whether or not he actually does remember me, what the circumstances – you know, anything – and I wasn't even offended because <laughs> I could totally understand that reaction. Like, I, I don't want to be in the elevator with these people. I'm going to take the stairs. <laughs> so that's that's my little lie. You know, I've had I've had other celebrity experiences that were actually not great. That one I just think is funny. I've had I've had some that are not that great, and I've had a lot that are you know over the years not that memorable. Um, but uh, you know, I've had some. Really, really special ones at Dragon Con as well, and and some of the ones, some of the ones are that I had were you know where I paid my money and got you know a signing or whatever, um, and others were just things that just sort of happened, um, and uh, that you know, uh, I uh, the last day, the year before last, it was that Monday I think it was the last day and. Uh, I think it might have been Sunday, actually, because I don't think I had luggage with me. <laughs> I would have had luggage with me <laughs> if it was Monday morning. So it must have been Sunday. So I was getting – I got up early so I could go over to the, the table and make my way from the Marriott to the um, uh, America's Mart. And uh, um, and uh, I got on the elevator to go down, and Richard Hatch was there uh, from, you know, classic Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And, uh, and so we rode down the elevator together and we didn't, you know, it wasn't anything life changing. It was just like, Hey, how's it going? And, and, uh, you know, having a good con, sure. Good. Enjoy the weekend. And then, uh, you know, as soon as the elevator stopped on the, the ground floor, we both, you know, just went our separate ways. And I thought to myself, even the, I thought to myself, you know, he's been coming to Dragon Con almost as long as I have. Uh, he was another one of the first celebrities that I met when I was at Dragon Con, and I can be, I can remember being very nervous and exciting, excited to meet him. And then that was like that was his last Dragon Con. And, oh. Wow. Uh, and uh, I, I, but I've always, you know, even as much as I associate him with Battlestar Galactica, I associate him with Dra- with Dragon Con. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at least we got that one ride down together, which was uh, really special to me. And it's very, um, you know, very like it's, you know, not a big deal or whatever. It wasn't even a huge deal at the time. Well, it is, though. It is. I'm so I'm so glad it happened now. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that same note of uh, things that we love about Dragon Con, let's visit the Needless Things podcast Facebook page and see what people love about Dragon Con. I'm just going to run down some of these comments, uh, see what people had to say. Uh, our pal Ryan Cadaver, hanging out with my friends and meeting new people. And uh, I'll, I'll agree with uh, half of that statement a lot more than the other half of that statement. Meeting new people is uh, sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's not. Can I can I tell you a really funny, really quick story about my last meeting with uh, no two years ago meeting uh, not Ryan I didn't meet him for the first time but uh, Ryan at uh, at Dragon Con oh, please um, do I I was going to a panel at the Westin and I'd never been to the Westin before that was one that was my first year ever going to the Westin because I just never had a reason to go there so uh, I was look, trying to look around and trying to find where the panel was and everything like that and from out of nowhere. Ryan Cadaver is suddenly right in front of me, and there's blood all over his arms, like his his hands and his arms. He's just 
covered in blood. <laughs> and and as, um, as he often is. Yes. And he's like, oh, hey, Mike, what's up? What's How's it going? And I was like, I, you know, I could barely even say howdy because I was just so stunned. Um, and he had just come from, I guess, the makeup room or something like that at the Westin. And he was like, I, I got, I need to go wash this off. So, um, so he just went on his way to the the restroom, and uh, I was like, wow. And it was only afterwards, and I'm like, damn it! Like, of all, the, like, I needed a picture yeah. of that. Yeah, like, yeah, I needed yeah. a picture of that. But yeah, so uh, I will never forget that. That made a very lasting impression on me. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait for him to hear that. Um, let's see, our pal uh, Ryan Schweck, the head of research, said, "Weird parties you have no idea how you got to." That's solid. Ah, but then Bo Brown responds with, "But then only spending five minutes there because Ryan won't spend more than five minutes in one location, like a fucking drunk shark." <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is accurate. Uh, our friend Arian from Needless Commentary said, as an impressionable teenager, I saw Anthony Daniels, the voice of C-3PO, whip a crossdresser in a latex fashion show with a writing crop. That's solid. solid. I think we all love that about Dragon Con. Uh, uh, our pal Beth, watching new people and not meeting them. <laughs> uh, Bobby Nash, these are my people. Dragon Con is like coming home, and I very much agree with that sentiment. Uh, I am more comfortable at Dragon Con than perhaps anywhere else that is not my actual home. Yeah. Uh, Gary Mitchell, my people. Nathan Laws, getting on panels. James Palmer, panels and seeing my friends. Oh, Clark, how nice of Clark. Your coverage. Ah, Clark's angling for some free needless things, t-shirts, <laughs> uh, Bo, Bo Brown posted a link, uh, to the onion that actually cracked me up. Uh, that says new study finds staring out from balcony with best friends, strongest indicator that this is your city, your time, <laughs> which is a direct reference to Thursday night uh, in the the Marriott. What is it, the Pulse Lounge, or what is the one that kind of overlooks the uh, where everybody hangs out? Yep. Uh, Thursday night. That's where where we go to celebrate Nerd Year's Eve or Nerdy New Year or whatever you want to call it. Uh, which is one week from from tonight, Mike Gordon. It is. And uh, uh, finally, John C. Fortune, uh, who's one of the sweetest guys I've ever met, said, seeing you, my friend. And, and John is uh, absolutely wonderful. He's helped me out on many occasions. And last year was our head of security for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. And he will be returning to fill that role once again this year at the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. So, John, thank you for that, buddy. And uh, I can't wait to see you again. And that's what we got. So, Mike Gordon, is it time to talk about what we're doing this year at Dragon Con? I I always love talking about, especially me, at Dragon Con. Well, so, sure. So, yeah, sure, why not? What, uh, what, do you, what have you got going on Friday? I, I, first of all, put over your table. All right, so I will be at uh, table 3G, as in George. Uh, that The G stands for, that's the not, row. Not G as in Gordon? Not G as in Gordon. <laughs> uh, no, uh, not this time. Um, but, uh, yeah, G as in George, and, uh, yeah, 3. Um, and uh, it is uh, so towards the front 
of the comic and pop artist alley uh, area, which is on floor three uh, of building two in the Ameris Mart. It sounds really complicated, but it's pretty easy to get to. So um, uh, find us there. Um, well, there, are, there are gigantic numbers on the side of each there America's are. Mart yes. building. Yes. And uh, there's the traffic flows pretty well. So you kind of know where you're going because of the traffic, you know. Well, um, and also there are multiple entrances to each of those buildings. So if you see one with a gigantic line, there's probably another entrance right around the corner that you can just walk into. I, I will be there as much as possible. Uh, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Uh, so look for me there, um, and uh, I will be next to uh, Peter Cutler, uh, who is the artist for Tiki Zombie. He's got the table right next to me, and the table next to him is the aforementioned award-winning author Bobby Nash. All so right. we will all be right in one row. So um, so that'll be great fun. I mean, I'm very excited about that. I'm not sure who's on the. I'm not sure who's 4G. So I'll have to see who my neighbor is, but. It's all good. I, I've had I've never had a bad neighbor at Dragon Con. So knock on wood, that'll continue. So yeah, come on out. We've got uh, you know, of course, I've got the Tiki Zombie books. We've got a new. I've got I just got the proof just now, um, and um, the books are scheduled to arrive in time for the convention. I will have an anthology of short stories, contributing um, short stories uh, that were that were made and written by um, folks from the Air Station One Network. Um, it's called Tales of the Station Volume 2. It's a follow-up to our Volume 1 book that came out a couple years ago. Uh, I'm very proud of it. I don't have a story in it myself, uh, but I edited it and, and put the and published the story and published the book, put it together. So um, it's come out pretty well. I'm very excited. Some of these people have never been published before, so uh, I, I'm and and they should be because they're very talented people. So um, it's it's great fun. So um, so we'll have that on hand. And, uh, yeah, come on by, even if you just want to say howdy. I've got some other things I'm working on that I'll have as well, hopefully. So uh, it's going to be a good time. If you wait in line to meet Mike Gordon, even if you don't buy anything, he will appreciate the fact that you took your time to say hi. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there's ever been a line <laughs> to meet me, but should there ever be one, I will I will appreciate Even I, if you... Even if you just have to wait for me to stand up at my table in order to really greet me properly, I will appreciate that. I have stood and waited to talk to you before. <laughs> have you? You you have been talking to Tiki Zombie fans, Tiki Maniacs, I don't know what you call them. But, uh, yeah, I, I have stood and, and waited patiently to talk to the great and powerful Mike Gordon. That's it is it is amazing how uh, that uh, we've gotten quite the, the the fandom that we got there. So um, and Tiki Zombie, there's no new issue this year, which I'm really bummed about. But Tiki Zombie does appear uh, in, a, in, in is referenced quite a number of times in the uh, Earth Station One anthology. So if Tiki Zombie fans want to want to check that out, they'll get a little bit of a, of a Tiki Zombie flavor to that. So. So panel wise, what have you got going on on Friday? I've got to or actually wait. Let me let me let me start because I have a Thursday thing. You do? Do you have you, a Thursday you have thing? a you have a Thursday thing? I do not have a a I do not have a official Thursday thing. Okay, well then I'll I'll uh, Thursday night uh, as always I will be the voice of Dragon Con Wrestling in the Hyatt Centennial Ballroom. And this year is going to be, 
I, I hate to, to get hyperbolic here and say the biggest year ever, but at the very least as big as the biggest year we've had, there are surprises in store that no wrestling fan should miss. Uh, for, for me personally, DCW is my favorite wrestling event of the year. If I had to choose between watching DCW and watching WrestleMania, I would watch DCW, and that's not just because I'm part of it now. Uh, it's because it is the most entertaining wrestling I see all year long between the Dragon Con fans and the wrestlers that go to have fun to wrestle storyline-free matches where they get to just do what they want in the ring to entertain the people. Uh, it, it is the greatest night of wrestling of the year, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I, and I will be there. I will be doing commentary. And if you're arriving at Dragon Con Thursday night, it will be playing live on Dragon Con TV in the hotel rooms and available on the new Dragon Con streaming service. So this is a big, big year for DCW. Lots of awesome stuff is going on. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. Well, after that, and I definitely, I, I will try my hardest to be there this year for that because, uh, I think I missed it last year or no, I showed up, I think halfway through, but, um, uh, but it is one of the things that I like to, even before you were involved, I like to, uh, but I'm so proud of, of your involvement in it too and how that's grown over the years. So it's a double treat for me to go. And, um, I, I will say after that, uh, if you go, what, two one or two floors up to the hyatt bar um uh the lounge up there mm -hmm. at uh, 10 p.m there's gonna there's an eso meetup so um anybody who is uh likes eso is a fan of eso is a listener or has anything to do with our station one or just wants to hang out with uh mike or myself uh well that's where we'll be and that's perfect because the wrestling starts at seven and uh, generally goes till right around ten-ish. So you yep. can go directly upstairs after that yep. and uh, hang out with their station one. Perfect, kismet. <laughs> I told Mike. I said I'm not getting there until after wrestling. So so you'll have to make it for after that. Perfect. So uh, what about Friday? What have you got going on Friday? Friday, my first panel is a little bittersweet. Oh no. Uh, my first panel is in the comic track, which is moved. Uh, it's now going to be in the Westin. It's not in the America's Mart this year. There's no panels in the America's Mart this year. Which so is my, probably good. I think it's a good thing. Uh, so we will be in the Westin, um, Chastain Ballroom, uh, rooms I through J, whatever that means. Um, so Friday at 1130, uh, the panel is titled Adam West Remembered, a oh. fanboy's gateway. And uh, we will be discussing uh, the uh, life and our our deep fanboy love for Adam West. Uh, I will be on that panel with, I believe, uh, Michael Faulkner, I think. That sounds right. And Andy Price. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, Andy Price will be on that panel as well. So, um, so that's that's going to be that one. So we're, it's a little bittersweet, but I look. I know the people at DragonCon love Adam West. And I know the other panelists love Adam West, and I love Adam West, and so it's going to be it's going to be a love fest. Uh, yeah, um, if you want to see a bunch of grown people crying, yes, <laughs> go to that panel. There will probably be some tears. I I had the honor of meeting Adam West twice in my life, and uh, I've been entertained by him all my life. So it'll be a a, a great panel. Let's see here. I'll uh, I'll throw one out there now. Uh, Nineteen eighty seven. 
my my first actual panel of Dragon Con this year. Uh, big big panel. I highly recommend you be there if you can make it. Uh, it's we're going to be talking. I mean, you you heard the 1987 episode of the Needless Things podcast. Uh, I have stocked this panel with different personnel. Uh, of course, Gary Mitchell. You, you just don't want the, the subject of garbage pail kids coming up again. Oh my gosh! I, well, you know what? I'll you know what? I'll be honest with you. If Chris DePetrillo could get down here for Dragon Con, I would put him on like every panel I'm on. That guy's fantastic. He really is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, our pal Gary Mitchell, uh, Noel, and Rebecca from the finest, the GI Joe cosplay group, and our pal Nicole Gould. Uh, who this is her first official outing with uh, a needless things production and she is awesome you guys are absolutely going to love her and uh finally our pal Michael Bailey who was on last year's Toy Stories panel and who I just wanted to get on a non-toy panel although we may talk about toys on this panel it's going to be basically anything that we loved from 1987 we're going to discuss uh and we're going to go out into the audience uh Doc Hammer style as well. Michael Bailey is also on the Adam West panel. It's not Michael Faulkner. I made a mistake there. Okay. I like Michael. I've been on panels with Michael Faulkner before, and I, I, I thought it was him, but it's Michael Bailey. They, so they are both excellent Michaels. They are. I yes. don't know any. I don't know any Michaels that are anything below the excellent level. <laughs> nice save. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that is uh, 1987 takes place uh, 1 p.m. on Friday in the Classics Track Room. You got another Friday? I do. Uh, Friday at uh, 5.30 p.m. Uh, in the Galleria uh, 5 room in the Hilton. Uh, that is the Brit Track room. Uh, ESW, Earth Station Who, presents 50 Years of Cybermen. This is the uh, 50th anniversary of the uh, Tin Men from Doctor Who, and uh, we are going to talk all about them with a lot of other Doctor Who fans. So um, my uh, co-host uh, for Earth Station Who, Mike Faber, will be there. And uh, we've also got uh, – that's this is the one that Mike Faulkner is going to be at. So Michael Faulkner, Michael Faulkner will be at uh, this panel as well. And I think we are working on getting a couple of other people involved. So uh, I don't know. The app doesn't say which who they are yet. So, oh, no, wait, it does. Sorry. Robert Lloyd and Sue Kissenweather are going to be joining us as well. So um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Cybermen. I've actually um, just we just did um, uh, the audio for spare parts. Um, uh, and we reviewed that on a past ep- on a recent episode oh, of man. Station Who, Such and, a I, good and story. I and I was going to say I know you like that story. That was the first time I'd heard it before, so it was it's really good. So now I'm pumped to talk all about Cybermen. That's actually the very first audio adventure I heard, and it's what got me into them. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's when, so damn good. It's amazing. It's a really good story. So that one will be mentioned for sure. Uh, let's see, Fr- uh, 2.30 p.m. on Friday, immediately following the 1987 panel, uh, I will be making my return to Sci-Fighters. Uh, this year is Creepy and Kooky versus Mysterious and Spooky, which uh, basically means it's going to be all monsters and creatures versus paranormal investigators and warriors and stuff like Buffy, the Ghostbusters, 
uh, supernatural guys, like that kind of thing. And we're going to have a big, basically King of the Ring tournament style setup to determine who is the most powerful, which granted, what's the point? If, if you can choose Buffy, you're going to choose Buffy, but that's my opinion we go to the audience and let the audience vote on who is the ultimate winner. And th- this one is going to be wacky. It's going to be me, Joe, Gary, Rad Ranger, and Ryan Cadaver as our mm. official horrorologist. And just today, we nailed down some really weird shit we're going to do for this panel. So... This one is going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, I am, after today's conversation, I'm even more excited about this panel than I already was. So, Sci Fighters is always a blast. It is very, it is so heavily audience interactive that I haven't yet published one as a Needless Things podcast because it's just too, like, it's too much of a you had to be there thing. And if you are there, you're going to have a good time. One of my favorite memories at Dragon Con is being probably one of my favorite panel experiences ever was being on the very first. Uh, I don't even think we called it Sci Fighters panel at that point. Um, it was uh, it was about um, uh, vehicles, uh, geek uh, sci fi geek vehicles, um, and uh, we had a, a huge blast. Uh, um, it was I was on the panel with Kevin Eldridge, Van Allen Plexico. Joe Crow, and I'm blanking on who else might have been there, but uh, that one was recorded. So if anybody wants to listen to that, and the bracket still makes it out there uh, for people to peruse, it's very fun. We had so much fun that we didn't want to quit, so we did a really quick monkeys versus minions panel at the end, <laughs> which was equally as entertaining, um, but much much shorter. So uh, good stuff. Th- those are really fun for the audience for the panel. Those are just. That's just a fun, fun thing. It is. It's very. It, it gets wild. It's a fun time. Yes. You got another Friday one? I do. I have one at eight thirty in the evening. Um, so, so Friday night at eight thirty, I will be at the Marriott in um, the. Uh, this will be in the classics room. This will be in the uh, sci-fi uh, American sci-fi classics room. This uh, uh, Earth Station One will present uh, the thirtieth, 35th anniversary of Blade Runner. Um, uh, so uh, we will be talking all about Blade Runner. Um, I don't think we would be doing, to be honest, I love this movie, uh, but I don't think we would be doing a panel on it, an anniversary panel, if there wasn't a new movie coming Sure, out. sure. So it would be really nice to uh, to see this, uh, to, to talk about this in relation to the, the new movie that's coming out and seeing how um, people feel about that. But, uh, uh, of course, uh, since it's an Earth Station 1 panel, uh, my co-host, uh, my co-partner, my uh, podcasting wife, uh, uh, Mike Ugh. Faber, will be there. I know. Why you got to make it weird? I, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll be there, as well as we'll also have Dr. Scott Vigay, uh, Professor Satire, who I should be familiar with, but for some reason I'm it's drawing a blank on who that is, and uh, Andrew E. C. Gasco, who is an author of comics and novels. So um, we should have a lot of fun uh, celebrating and talking what we love best about um, Blade Runner, which is, like I said, it's one of my favorite movies. In fact, that first panel that we did together, the 1982 panel, um, 
when we picked our favorite movie from 1982, mine was Blade Runner. And I was very surprised that more people didn't agree with me. I, I think it's a uh, it's revered, but I don't think there's a huge contingent that would choose it as their favorite movie, uh, even just of 1982. Well, they're just they're just wrong. <laughs> and I, I would also like to say that uh, Doctor Vigay is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Maybe the smartest. Uh, yeah, he's he's good. Yeah, and he's really knowledgeable about not only science stuff but geeky stuff. He's yeah. He'll tell us everything scientifically that's wrong with it for sure. And he's he's good at presenting it too. Like he doesn't he 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 has that special talent for communicating things in a way you can understand. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't talk down to you. Right, right. Uh well prior to that panel at seven PM, you can catch me in the Weston P three one and two uh with the horror track, my first panel for the horror track this year, behind the grease paint of bad clowns. I am actually moderating this panel because it features Charles Anthony, Edward, and Stephen Kyoto, better known as the Kyoto Brothers, who created Killer Clowns from Outer Space, among many other classic horror science fiction movies. Uh, Larry Hama, who may seem to some like an odd fit for an evil clown panel, I'm, I'm not getting the connection, so you're going to have to help me out with that. He created a character called Obnoxio the Clown ah, uh, okay. that was featured in uh, uh, one of the four, like uh, a Mad Magazine, Cracked Magazine type thing that Marvel did. I cannot remember the name of it right now. Uh, it might have just been like crazy or something like that. But uh, yeah, Obnoxio the Clown is, is a creation of his. And uh, also award-winning authors James A. Moore and Benjamin Radford. And I'll, I'll just be moderating this one uh, and, and making the occasional comment that I hope is funny. <laughs> but I'm very excited because uh, the just the idea of talking about what the fuck went wrong with clowns uh, <laughs> is exciting to me. Uh, a good uh, friend of mine, uh, Katie Collins, will be cosplaying as a killer clown oh, from she, outer space. Yes, she just posted that, and I told her she had to come to the panel. Yes, I'm, I'm sure she will. Uh, she's been working really hard on the costume, and it looks – everything she's been doing with the guns and the, the shoes and everything like that looks great. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm, I hope yeah. she shows I'm, – I'm hoping we get a good cosplay contingent because I really would love to have a picture of just a, a ton of evil clowns. And that's a cool thing about doing these fan panels. I, I definitely made, and I'll yeah, I, I'll I'll make it here too, um, because on on the Air Station Who podcast when we talked about the panel and we promoted the panel, I definitely was encouraging people who are you know planning to cosplay as Cybermen. We want you at this panel. Yes, right? it doesn't matter what era Cybermen you are. We want you at this panel because the more Cybermen we have would be pretty awesome. So. Well, that's uh, it, it's the classics track is great for that because I mean you've seen the pictures of the GI Joe panels with like yep. thirty GI Joe cosplayers or the Big Trouble in Little China panel, which shocked me at how many people showed up in costume. We we had all the storms. We had Jack Burton. We had Gracie Law. We I mean, it was crazy. Somewhere out there, there is a picture of me on a Flash Gordon uh, 1980 movie panel with Clytus. <laughs> Oh, Somebody had a really awesome. good Clytus outfit, and he and he wore it to the panel. And uh, so he got up on the panel and then started talking with us about his love for Flash Gordon. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it's always fun when it sort of brings it uh, to more to life. It's just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you got any more Friday stuff? 
Uh, that's it for Friday for me. Well, I opposing your eight thirty panel. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, I will be in the puppetry track room, uh, the Marriott A seven zero four, and this is my first ever official panel with the puppetry track. Uh, I will be moderating a panel with Timothy Clark, who, as you may know, was a guest on the Needless Things podcast, one of the earliest episodes, and we will be talking about his work on the Dark Crystal. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very excited to finally get to meet him because he was great on the show and, and we've talked, we've had some exchanges online since then, but I'm very excited about getting to meet him in person. He, he's a great guy and just brilliantly created. Not, uh, not only, uh, did he create many of the creatures for the Dark Crystal, he created Uncle Traveling Matt, uh, for uh, Fraggle Rock and has other credits to his name that I will get to, uh, momentarily. Screw, screw going to my panel. I think I'll go watch yours. <laughs> and then uh, the, I am not part of this panel, but I mentioned before uh, up up late or up past bedtime with Bean and Bear, and that's it. Uh, I believe it's 11 o'clock in the puppetry track room. Uh, you can find it in the app. I give it my highest recommendation. And that brings us to Saturday. What time is your first panel on Saturday, Mike Gordon? 10 p.m. 10 p.m.? Yep, I am. Really? I am at my table all day Saturday. I'm wow, so excited. Saturday, that's pretty Saturday's awesome. The, yeah, Saturday's the best day for me to be at my table because that's when we get a majority of the people uh, coming around. So I, I don't have a single panel until way out, well after the, uh, the it's closed. So uh, I am very excited that I am going to spend all day at, uh, at my table. So, yes, I, my panel is at 10. Well, let's go. We'll go chronologically then, and I'll sure. uh, I'll start with my 1 p.m. panel, uh, which is in the classics track room. It's uh, Robo RoboCop and Predator, great movies or greatest movies, and as I've said before, 1987 had an amazing number of really really good movies, but RoboCop and Predator, I have consistently referred to throughout my life as perfect movies. And I, I believe that to this day, I've seen each one of them easily a hundred times, uh, since they came out 30 years ago. Uh, I love both of these movies. I think from beginning to end, they are flawless. And, uh, I, I could talk by myself. I could talk for an hour about either of them. So I, I'm stoked about this panel and that's in the classics track room at 1 PM, uh, at 2:30 PM. I return to the horror track room in the Weston Peachtree 1 and 2 for the Friday the 13th Legacy, where we're going to talk about all of the Friday the 13th movies. We might even get into the TV show uh, and and the reboot that has happened and not happened and happened again. And uh, joining me on that panel will be Clay Gilbert, David P. Dreher, Mary Mancusi, and Christopher G. Moore. Uh, and it's Friday the 13th. It's going to be awesome. I'm totally stoked about that one. And then I get a nice big chunk of time after that where I don't have to do anything until I start prep for the game show. So Saturday uh, from 3.30 until probably about 8, uh, I will be trying to get in any uh, traveling around, meeting famous people, whatever. Right. Uh, and then at 10 p.m., what have you got going on? 10 p.m. I have got uh, another Earth Station One Presents panel, and this is the uh, 
Princess Bride's inconceivable 30th anniversary. Uh, so very excited to talk about uh, The Princess Bride. It's a uh, great movie. I know that it's one of uh, Mike's favorite movies. Um, and uh, we will have with us, uh, in addition to myself and Mike Faber, we will have um, uh, first-time Dragon Con panelist Alex Autry. Um, oh, I love Alex. He's he's great fun. He's joined us. He joins us for almost all of our movie episodes on Earth Station One. Uh, he just saw him uh, the other night with the uh, screening of Flash Gordon. Um, it, he's just great fun. So uh, you, I know you he's... and you and your podcast wife get to pop that Dragon Con cherry. <laughs> <laughs> now see that that's even more. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just move on from that. Um, <laughs> Also, uh, Tegan Hendrickson is on that panel as well, and I think uh, that's it for now. I think um, I, I did hear that there was a conflict with someone else who was supposed to be on that panel, so I'm not sure who else is going to be on there. Um, I think uh, Joe was trying to get us a special guest that uh, is there uh, that was in the Princess Bride movie, um, but I don't. I can't promise that. So uh, for all intents and purposes, this is a fan panel. Um, uh, so, um, but we'll have a lot of fun and fanning over this. Awesome. Yeah. I, I would love to go to that one, but we will be, yes, busy, we'll be quite busy preparing for the midnight, the first ever midnight edition of the dirty, dirty con con game game show show, uh, this year. Ha- oh, you know what? I haven't even looked at the app yet to see if we're still in the ballroom that we were told we were in. We're in the Hyatt International South Ballroom. Uh, it says Sunday, September 3rd at 12 a.m., but, uh, you know, we all know that's Saturday at midnight. Yeah, crazy. And, and uh, myself, Miss Lady Flex, Popeye the Sailor Moon, and Rad Ranger will be showing you superhero penises. <laughs> Sold. That's, that's what's up. Uh, Literally. <laughs> And that that brings us into Sunday. What is your first Sunday panel? I do only have one panel on Sunday. Okay. But boy, is it a beauty. Uh-oh. Um, we had so much uh, response and so much love for the Tiki uh, panel that I put together last year yes. that we're doing again. So Sunday at 1130 in the morning. Damn uh, it. At, I know. At Chastain. Uh, that's again in the West End. It's part of the comic book track. Um, is the art of the tiki, and uh, I will be moderating it. Uh, we will have Shag, uh, Derek Yeniger, uh, first-time panelist Robert Jimenez. This is his first time at Dragon Con, and uh, Jonathan Chafin of uh, Horror and Clay fame uh, will be all part of that panel. So it's going to be a lot of fun with some really, really talented people talking about their art, talking about how Polynesian pop culture has influenced it. It's going to be a blast. We had so much fun last year. Um, everybody was like, please, please keep the tiki at Dragon Con. So um, they keep letting me. I'll keep doing it. That's exactly how I feel about the game show. <laughs> and I'm surprised that for, let's see, what is, is this? A, this isn't the fourth year, is it? This is the fourth year. That's just stupid. You are. Uh, that's amazing. I, I can only hope to go that far. I think one of the things that really helped this panel, me me getting this, in addition to, I think a lot of people um, mentioned it on the app. So 
Yes, please. Uh, the app uh, is important. The, yes, the app is very and important. Everybody listening, if you go to a panel that you enjoy, you go in that app and you give it five stars. And if there's constructive things to say, like, hey, the, the lighting could have been better, it needed better sound, it needs to be in a bigger room, put those comments in because Dragon Con takes those very seriously. That is why the game show has gotten a bigger ballroom every single year is because of the feedback from the app. Hashtag. So go in there and fill that app out and tell them you want more tiki stuff. Tell them to Absol- get, tell them you want a Mike Gordon track. <laughs> well, yeah, a tiki track. We'll we'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> if if we do get a tiki track, it'll be a Trader Vicks. We don't even need another yes. we don't even need another ballroom or anything. We'll just have it at Trader Vicks all day long all night long. So, um but in the meantime, uh, like I said, I think because Shag is a guest this year, that really helped us really put that over uh, because Shag's a really big uh, pop culture artist. So uh, I'm uh, I'm going to be glad to, to – to, I know all these guys. They're great. They're entertaining. Um, so I, I'm, I'm pumped. This is, this is my biggest panel of the weekend. Uh, it means a lot to me. So, um, yeah, I know that uh, you've got a conflict, though. Yeah, if you're not into the traditional art stylings of the South Pacific, (laughs) but you are into professional wrestling, you might want to attend. You will absolutely might want to attend. What kind of horseshit is that? You are absolutely... I want to attend. Dude, I can't even believe this. Like, I'm, I'm freaking my shit out over this. The Hilton Grand Salon, uh, 11.30 a.m., and let me just tell you, I'm going to be doing a game show until about 2 o'clock in the morning. After that game show is done, uh, myself and the crew of the game show will be having our traditional post-game show adult beverages. I am so glad that this 11.30 a.m. panel is in the hotel that I stay in. (laughs) All I have to do is roll out of bed and go downstairs. And I will be moderating a panel... Featuring the Big Red Machine Kane and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ah, oh, so awesome, man. dude! I'm it's so, crazy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. It's crazy. I I I've I've already got uh, some catchphrases planned. I know how I'm going to introduce them. I know what we're going to talk about. Uh, and they will, since it's in the program, I guess I'll go ahead and announce it. They will also be appearing at DCW Wrestling Thursday night. I didn't realize that had been announced, but it has been announced. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm going to say this because this is my podcast. The Horror of Kane panel for the horror track is uh, Saturday at 1 p.m., and that's the panel I suggested for Kane. (laughs) I wonder if I'm moderating that, and I don't know it yet. Uh oh. Because Derek and I talked about, I told him I was like, "Oh, we need to do a horror of Kane panel where we talk about his role in the movies." And the hor- this is this is literally what I said. The description of the horror of Kane panel <laughs> is literally what I said to Derek. Kane talks about his lead role in the See No Evil movies as well as the sinister side of his wrestling career. That's like word for word what I said. <laughs> maybe they pitched it to him, and he was like, "I don't need a moderator for that." And maybe he doesn't. I'm going to have to ask Derek about that. 
So anyway, I may or may I, not. I, I have met Glenn before. He's a really nice guy. So I, I look forward to meeting him again. But. Uh, by reputation, one of the smartest people in professional wrestling. I don't doubt that. Uh, so anyway, we're at uh, Wrestling Legends Reunion, uh, Saturday, 1130, or Sunday, 1130 a.m. in the Hilton Grand Salon, which sounds super fancy. I don't think I've ever even been in there. <laughs> I don't think I'd be allowed in there. Uh, and then, uh-oh. There we go. Uh, Sunday at 1 p.m., I will be returning to the puppetry track room to moderate a panel once again with Timothy Clark for another of his major accomplishments, and that is Puppets as Toys, the Boglins and Sectars. Uh, Timothy Clark created the Boglins and Sectars toy lines from the 80s. If you remember, the Boglins are these creepy little hand puppet guys uh, and then sectars were the insect people that rode gigantic insect hand puppets uh, to innovative and incredibly creative toy lines. And we're going to talk about how those both came to be and uh, how Tim navigated the toy industry of the 80s when it seemed when it was a time where they were kind of throwing anything at the wall and, and toy manufacturers were much more willing to take chances than they are now. It didn't have to like everything wasn't Star Wars and Marvel back then. So that's going to be a great panel. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, 4 p.m. I will be running, lots of running around, Mike Gordon. <laughs> no two panel. Well, actually, I take that back. Friday, I've got two in the classic track room. But after that, I alternate. I am running back and forth between the Marriott and the Westin like the whole time. Uh, I will be returning to the Westin Peachtree 1 and 2 horror track room for Nightmare on, M- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors anniversary panel. As most people know, Dream Warriors is my favorite of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite of the horror franchises. I'm super stoked about this one. Uh, I am just a participant on this panel, so I get to sit back and just have fun. And I will be joining the Black Saint, Thomas Mariani, Christopher G. Moore, and Doc Rotten, who I believe are all part of Horror News Radio and uh, John Ichabod Anderson will be moderating this one. And John is really cool. If I've, I've met him a couple of times. He's a super nice guy, super smart guy. This is going to be a really good panel because those horror news radio guys are awesome. So I'm really stoked about this one. And then finally, rounding out my weekend at the 10 o'clock spot. Now, Mike, you know the Puppet Slam is near and dear to me. It is. As I mentioned before, the only way I'm going to miss the Puppet Slam is if I suffer some sort of dismemberment. But a 10 o'clock Sunday night panel is a little bit of a tall order for me because it's dangerously close to cutting into my Puppet Slam time. Ooh. However, I loved the Netflix series Santa Clarita Diet so much that I am not going to miss being part of the fan panel. Uh, I, I adore the show. I just watched it again recently. And I am actually now moderating this panel. And joining me will be Derek Tatum, the director of the Horror Track, who you heard here on the Needless Things podcast just last week, uh, James A. Moore, and E.J. Stevens. And we are going to talk about where the show went and where it could be headed and honestly, how much of a fucking surprise it was, <laughs> because I don't think anybody knew. Have you seen the show? I have not. Well, you're not. You're not a big horror guy, though. 
I'm not, but I really love uh, Timothy Oliphant because I'm a big Justified fan. Right. So at some point I will end oh, Deadwood too. Really, and need it, to. at some point I it, I'll watch it, but I just it, I haven't I uh, got a chance to do that yet. It is such a shocking departure because I I know him from Deadwood and from Justified. Yep, me too. And it is such a shocking departure from the. I mean, I understand it's acting, but man. You, like, you seriously sit through every single episode going, I can't believe this is the same guy. It, it's it's an incredible, he's he's tremendous. It's a great show. I love it, and I'm excited to talk about it. And immediately, as soon as that panel is over, I'll be rushing to, uh, well, I'll already be in the Westin. I just realized that. The Puppet <laughs> Slam is in the Westin. Is it? Yes, it's in one is of the rooms. Uh, well, as of last year. Okay. They're they're in the Weston Ballroom. Uh, I am going to keep talking and see if I can look it up real quick and tell you exactly which ballroom they have it in. But yeah, last year they got a massive ballroom in the Weston, so I'll be able to just run downstairs after the Santa Clarita panel and uh, check out the Puppet Slam. The late night Puppet Slam is midnight on Sunday. In the Weston Peachtree Ballroom, and it, it's can't miss entertainment. Well, you know, maybe if you're really nice and ask him out again, maybe Bill will go early and save you a seat, and you can be his date again. <laughs> well, I might have, uh, I might be, I might have an in there. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. I hear you. <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, now. I'm sad. Do wait. Do you have anything on Monday? I do. Oh wow! What have you got on my? I already explained my Monday feelings. What, <laughs> do what are, I have? What are you doing? Do I have anything on Monday? Monday, you want to talk about going out with a bang? Oh man! Oh man! This is if it wasn't for the Tiki panel that I'm. That's my baby. This might be the panel for me. On uh, the one that I'm the one I'm most excited by. Wow! Yes, because uh, at one o'clock in the Westin, this is a uh, comic and pop art panel. Okay. Uh, I will be moderating the State of Comics Industry 2017 and Beyond panel. Ooh. Uh, featured on this panel are Joe Harris, oh. Megan, Hutch- Megan Hutchinson, Jimmy Pomiati, and Joe Pruitt. Wow. And so we will be talking all about the State of Comics Industry, uh, where, where they think it is now, where they want it to go, et cetera, et cetera. I cannot, this is, this is huge for me. This is, this is as huge for me, maybe, maybe as, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Kane is for you. This is, sure. This is like elevated to big boy comic book professional level, right? Yeah. Um, like I'm moderating it. So, and I know I've got this mainly because of my, uh, podcasting, uh, uh, resume, but still, uh, very excited. Um, I'm a fan of all these these persons, uh, all their work. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to talking comics. And I will be representing the little guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> which right. Is not something which is not something I do very often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, but the, you know, the small independent publisher will be represented at this panel. So it'll be really interesting 
to see uh, to get that sort of input uh, for me to express that input and with all their uh, the, with all these professionals. So, um, but it, look, it's not as much as it's, I'm moderating it. Uh, like I do with almost all the other panels that I moderate or that I'm part of, uh, I want to make sure that everybody who attends is part of the discussion as well. So it's not just going to be a bunch of talking heads telling you what they think is up. I want everybody to come with questions and uh, certain issues that they have, uh, concerns that they have about the state of comics, or even more importantly, some some. Uh, things they want to rave about what what's right about comics uh too often a lot of these discussions are so negative and so uh down so i want to make sure that we we make sure we acknowledge what's good what's really great about the industry as well so i am very excited that's monday at one so um uh please if you're around on monday and you care about comics come to this panel and it should be really fun well, Mike, if I wasn't going to be uh, <laughs> you a, a, awakening from uh, a horrible <laughs> hangover or already on my way home, I would absolutely show up for that panel. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is why we talk so much before the Dragon Con, because we see so very little of each other during the actual yeah. weekend. And and on that note, uh, I do hope that we, we can uh, run into each other and hang out at least a little bit at some point. Me too. During Dragon Con. But if not, uh, we will have you back over for a commentary sooner than later. I think you're about due for another one. Ooh, awesome. I always love those. I don't know what we've got. I, I know we have the next two planned, but I'm not sure what they are. But for now, I think that's about all we've got to say about Dragon Con. Mike Gordon, thank you so much for coming on and uh, just shooting the shit about Dragon Con for a little while. I love it. I love talking about Dragon Con. I love talking to you and uh, being on this show. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, bring on Dragon Con. Absolutely. And right around the corner, man. We, we A week from now, we will be in the thick of it. I was going to say, we'll be in it. We'll be swimming in it. We'll be. Oh, man. I'm excited. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I feel almost a little bit bad about that brief intro, but you guys, seriously, I've got so much to do. And also, as I I think I often say, I've been up since 3.30 this morning, and it's currently 11.43 p.m. I just recorded for two and a half hours with Mike Gordon, which is exhilarating. But now I'm all worn out. I'm spent. I may not be his podcast husband, but he still wore me out. Uh, you guys, Dragon Con is a week, a week from now. I am going to be sitting in up past bedtime with Bean and Bear, probably shit faced because Friday, my last panel Friday. Oh, it ends at nine thirty. It'll be the Dark Crystal panel with Timothy Clark that'll be ending at nine thirty. So. I'll have like a, uh, an hour-ish to wander around. Oh, no, I'll have an hour to change into my super-secret pajamas. I bought super-secret pajamas for uh, up past bedtime with Bean and Bear because you have to wear pajamas to go to that show. And uh, so I'll have on my pajamas, I'll have my new fanny pack, and uh, I'll have a flask of some sort of beverage. And this time next week... Uh, all my cares will be behind me. All the preparation that I have to do over the next three days and all the packing that I have to do on Wednesday, it'll be behind me. And I'll just be sitting in a room with 
a uh, hundred people that I love watching Bean and Bear be like the greatest entertainers ever. I'm very excited. I don't sound excited right now because I'm fucking tired, but I'm very excited. But no matter how tired I get, one thing will never change. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.